goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that by sharing the stories and advice from people rocking it on the other side. This week, we hear from Talia Monolusky. She is the incredibly motivated and passionate president at Swift Agency based over in Portland, Oregon. Talia is an account extraordinaire who started her role as president of Swift just over one year ago. If you have not heard of Swift, this will be a great listen. They're a great full-service shop that is female-founded and female-led, with women comprising 80% of leadership, 40% of their staff identifies as BIPOC. They're certified by the 3% movement for workplace equality, culture, and creative opportunity. And they have worked on unique brands such as Dove, Google, Adidas, and Gatorade. Their physical building actually looks amazing. You should go check out their website. And Talia has been leading it all and explains her passion for the industry, her plans for Swift, and of course, how you can break in and thrive in advertising, or potentially Swift one day. Talia listed out some resources as well, just for you, to help you break in and thrive in advertising. To see those, you have to head over to our Instagram, at Breaking and Entering Pod. That's one more time, at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right. Talia Monaleski, welcome to the Breaking and entering advertising podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're super busy, so I, I appreciate you. No, thank you, Gino, for reaching out, and and thank you for having me. Of course, you came highly recommended, uh, so I'm glad you got back to me because you're the president of Swift Agency, which is located in Portland, Oregon. I say Oregon, not Oregon. <laughs> is that right? I'm new to Portland, Oregon, Oregon. So I say Oregon, uh, but I don't know if I'm the best person to ask yet. Okay. Well, (laughs) we'll dive into that later. Uh, But you're currently in Arizona right now. You're at home out there too. You you go back and forth. You have this hybrid approach to work we were talking about before. So, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into that. But really, we're here to talk about you, Swift, what you do, how you got there, and advice for aspiring advertisers. So let's kick it off high level. Who are you? My goodness. Um, well, I am somebody who was inspired by advertising at a young age and didn't even know it yet. I think whenever people ask you, you know, what's your origin story of how you came into this, this crazy industry? I think mine is a little bit of if I look back on it now, I used to just peel out the ads of magazines that I was obsessed with. And I grew up in, you know, late 80s and 90s. And so at that time, it was the Benetton ads that were kind of breaking through and and doing things and, and tackling subjects that were very taboo, like AIDS at the time and, um, you know, same-sex couples, which we didn't see a lot back then. And so those were spread out all over my walls. And um, and the guest ads and the gap ads and and so there was always something that lured me to that I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have the vocabulary and the verbiage yet. And then I worked on the yearbook in high school, and I that I guess was my very first experience of putting together art and copy. I think you're the yeah. first guest to bring up yearbook in high school, which makes sense now, and that makes so much sense. 
Well, especially for someone that, you know, I, you know, and I hate that of like, I don't consider myself a creative or I'm not. I mean, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have come back through this industry as a writer, uh, I think has served me well in my career that I appreciate and love the craft as much as I do as someone that came up as an account person. Uh, But yeah, I was, I was the editor of my yearbook and I had a teacher that got my personality and think saw a very, very young age that I wasn't going to do well in a corporate environment. And he said, I think you might like advertising or marketing or PR. And I remember going home and telling my mom, Mr. Jacobson said that I should try this. And she went and bought me a book about different types of careers in marketing and advertising and PR. And I, and then I will, I will age myself here, Gino, but at the time, Melrose Place was very popular. And Amanda Woodward, who was the main character that was played by Heather Locklear, worked at an advertising agency. And I remember thinking it looked so fucking cool. Can I swear? Yeah, of course. Okay. It looked so fucking cool. And uh and so yeah, I I I started declare I declared in my mind and verbally to my parents that I wanted to work in advertising at the age of 16 or 17. And I went into school with, with the mindset of that's what I wanted to do. And, um, I just didn't stop. I mean, I, I did, I came up in an age where we didn't have internships. That wasn't a thing when Mm -hmm. I went to college, I went to college and like the internet was just coming out. So like, you know, I think I took a class on the World Wide web. Um, amazing. And I knew early on though, that it was also a lot about, you know, and unfortunately part of our industry is about who, you know, I didn't know anybody. I'll tell you that. I didn't know jack shit. I didn't know a single person in advertising. I didn't have any connections. I just started mm-hmm. doing research of where I should work. And I'm originally from Seattle and I didn't mm-hmm. have a plan after college. And um, my best friend said, why don't you come live with me? I, I thought that sounded good. So I remember applying for jobs and this was like fall of 1999. And I couldn't get it. I couldn't get interviews at an agency yet. And my dad was like, you got to get a job. So I said, well, I'm going to go work. I put myself through college by working in retail. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go work at like a fancy retail place mm-hmm. where all the women that I would want to work for shop. And so fast forward, I ended up finally, I was working at a very, very, very upscale, like Barney's-esque boutique. And I did meet a woman that worked in advertising and she didn't give me the time of day. And I managed to set, get a couple interviews at an agency, a, a publicist in Seattle, which was one of the largest agencies in town at that time. And the first two jobs, I didn't get there. So keep going back. <laughs> I interviewed as a media planner and I was told you were not a media planner. And then no. I interviewed as an account person and they said, okay, but this job is going to someone else. And I was crying and I was so upset. And the third time around, I made it to the top two. And then they said, okay, well, you got to come and meet the woman that runs everything. And this is, you know, this is pre LinkedIn. This is pre any, this is when you still wore a suit to an interview. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I remember I had to go back in an interview with her. her name was Rebecca and I walked in and it was the woman that shopped at my boutique and, ah. in and she said, Oh, nice suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess you could say the rest is history, but that and what, was, what was that role? It was an assistant account executive. Um, it may have even been an account coordinator. I, I don't remember. Um, but I do Best. remember I was paid $25,000 a year and overtime. 
No, it was an account coordinator. And then when I got promoted to an assistant account executive, the overtime went away. I still right. just don't know why, but um, yeah, that was my uh, that was my first job, my first title, working on Voice Stream Wireless, which was the precursor to T-Mobile. Mm -hmm. um, and Jamie Lee Curtis was the spokesperson. <laughs> nice, love her. So yeah, it was a uh, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun though. Gotcha. So started off at an early age. Uh, that's nice. I think we had some parallels there in our stories. Well, luckily, I, I I think like you, your teacher from yearbook was able to to show you a path, and your parents supported you with materials, which is great. We I had bad men in high school, so I was like, oh, this is just cool. I, I like, loved have Mad Men in high school. I mean, God, that's still my favorite show. And and obviously it's different but <laughs> to pull apart like you know the the fun creative concepting and and being don draper is is just a fun fantasy to have uh so i was also at an early age i knew i wanted to to pursue that and and i i did that so i think we have some commonalities there um what did you study when you were in school uh so so interestingly enough so i i went to university of california santa barbara I majored in communications as that was like mm -hmm. the closest thing right. you could get to the world right. that I wanted to be in. I then ended up just taking a lot of sociology classes because I like them. So I ended up double majoring. Mark. But after my sophomore year, I, you know, the University of Oregon has always had a pretty stellar advertising department and mm -hmm. it's kind of the Syracuse of the West Coast. And yep. my mom is a U of O alum. And I said, you know, I, if I'm going to get into this industry, I think I need to go to U of O. And so I actually applied in my sophomore year and I was going to transfer. And I went up to University of Oregon and I met with teachers and I, you know, I, I did the whole tour. But I think the weather was really shitty when I was there that weekend. And I came back to Santa Barbara and I was like, what am I thinking? Either mm -hmm. that or I was probably like dating somebody. And I was like, oh, I can't imagine my life without them. Um, silly me. But I, I came this close to, to transferring. So it's interesting where the, the trajectory would have taken me. But yeah, I, I stuck it out and I said, you know what, I'll just, I'll find it. I'll find my path another way. Um, and you did. And it's, it's funny because like if you have like a North Star like that, you're going to get there. I mean, you were, de you were determined enough. Like it didn't matter which route that you got yeah. in. You still broke and in. I, and I had, and I had no context. I mean, that's the crazy part. Like I just, I didn't even know anybody that worked at an agency. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, I didn't know anybody from college. Like I said, interns were a big thing. Like I didn't know people that worked in this industry. I just yeah read about it and right. saw it on television it was like that's what i want to do and, um. <laughs> and 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 that's what it amazes me and half the reason to be the purpose of this podcast is just to have another networking tool where somebody wants to work at swift or they they want to work at an agency that you might have worked at or somebody that you might know they listen to the episode three times yeah that's this is what they're supposed to do listen to it three times and then they go reach out to you on LinkedIn or could come to me. I'll make that personal connection. And then you have a network and then you'll, you'll get in contact. You'll help them out. And that's, you didn't have that. And you were still able to do it. So I want to pick that apart. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it was completely, I just remember, 
I mean, I, I don't even know if we could use the internet back then, like in the way of searching the way you did now. So I don't, I don't remember how I, but I remember just scouring what were all the agencies in Seattle and I needed to know everything about them. And I was learning who all their clients were and where they ranked and what their billings. And again, this was still back before we like had decoupled media and mm -hmm. where it was all still done in one house. Um, but it was completely, yeah. I mean, you guys have so many more tools. I mean, it can also be very overwhelming, right? Because right. you feel like you're, you're one of millions of people. But uh, what I will say is use LinkedIn, use LinkedIn just to say hi to someone, use LinkedIn just to, and you know, say, never and add a note. You have to add a note. Never ask to pick their brain, but just say, I'm trying to do this and I would love 10 minutes of your time for That's some it. advice or suggestions to do X. And I, I guarantee you people will, people, you will have a very high percentage of people that will accept because I really do believe that people want to help others and especially help others get into this industry. You, you just have to leave a note. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, it astonishes me people that don't yeah. add notes to their requests. Yeah. It, absolutely. it helps so much. Um, yeah. And, uh, and especially like reach out to me so I can get you in contact with any of the past guests or anybody like in my network, I'm, I'm always there to our listeners. So, yeah. And I mean, this whole podcast idea, and I can't believe that you said you've been doing it every single week since the pandemic. I mean, how are you even doing this on top of a job? It's extremely commendable. And thank you. I have a team. Of course. Thank you. I mean, I have a team. Uh, Buchin is our creative director and Mikey is my hometown friend, best friend from home. Like he helps me edit. And yeah. now we're looking to expand to universities and it's just a bunch of people. It's not just me. And like, I have a friend that built the website for free. Mm -hmm. I mean, just tapping in my network and making something happen is, is I couldn't do it alone. It's yeah. Not even close. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope so. you feel really proud of yourself. I, I do. I appreciate that. Sometimes I don't stop and reflect, but <laughs> you should, I, it's a big accomplishment. Thanks. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And now I want to go back to your accomplishments because it's not my episode and I'm not used to talking about myself ever. Uh, so you, I, as I'm looking through your LinkedIn, Publicis obviously was, so Publicis was officially that first break, break in and you, get, and you got that and you got that because you worked in retail at a nicer establishment and you kind of networked a little bit there and it kind of came to fruit. It kind of came full circle. It came full circle at the end. She just, I mean, she, and again, I say this is, she is my, she became probably one of the most amazing mentors in my life. We are still connected to this nice. day. We still talk and communicate. I mean, she's been there every step of the way in my career. And I, I, I look up to her, like she, she was who I wanted to be. Like Rebecca Rant came into a room and she was dressed fabulously, but she was so fucking smart. She could present she could convince, she put clients at ease. And then she was just somebody that everybody wanted to work with. What's her name? Her, her name's Rebecca Olson. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out Rebecca. Um, I'll send her this podcast. Uh, and so, but, but it was funny because when, when she shopped at the store I was working at, you know, I remember saying, I really, I, I see you work at Publicis. I really want to get an advertising. She'd be like, yeah, that's great. You know, she was never rude, but she wasn't like, here, this is how I can help you. It was just so, um, 
it was, it's very funny how it did all come full circle, but no, it was, it was completely just me on my own and being relentless because I got offered jobs in marketing. And I remember my dad being so angry at me that I was turning down real jobs. And I think you have to look, you have to figure out how to tune out the noise of parents, which can be very, very difficult, especially coming out of college. And if your parents were paying for a lot of that experience, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was in a situation where my parents didn't pay for all my college. So, you know, they, they helped, you know, and my dad did help, but he, it definitely was me just being able to hold on to my convictions and, yep. um, tune out the noise. And I turned on other, a couple other jobs. Cause I was like, Nope, it's not in an agency. It needs to be in an agency and it needs to be in one of these agencies. And, uh, I was like, you know, oh, that's fine. I I'm making more money selling clothes anyways. And I'll just, when the time is right, the time will be right. And, but there were a lot of tears when I didn't get those first two jobs. I remember like calling my mom crying and it was like, I didn't get it. And, yeah. You know, so. It doesn't, I mean, I had the same mindset. It had to be an agency. My first job out of school had to be an agency it has to be. An, I still think that, is that true or is that false? Like looking back or like who people you've hired is, I mean, does it have to be an agency? You know, I don't think anything today has to be anything, right? Like, but I you're starting your career again. Is it going to be agency? If I was starting my career again, I would start it again in an agency. Yeah. And I think the main reason why is because it's the, especially at the younger parts of your career, because you get to work on so many different types of accounts. And you, I think part of growing is also being able to, pivot from one business to another piece of business to another vehicle. And so I do think that what you're exposed to, and you truly are exposed to best in class ways of the process from, you know, getting a brief all the way to execution yeah. in ways that every in-house agency has mimicked and every brand has mimicked, you know what I mean? Like it, they have all become best in class that they've taken the best parts of the agency. And now it, it's, it's far from perfect. But I do still think as a, as an entry place, I do think that you're able to learn a lot. Um, and I think yeah. that that's, that, that doesn't hurt anybody's career moving forward. And now would you go bigger again? You had the choice. <laughs> oh God, that's a great question. Um, I think I would have still gone big. I think I still would have gone big. Uh, I think so too. And a lot of people argue, like, I know I've heard a um, hundred and so our arguments, like small, you get a lot of hats and then you can go big, big, you can go, you, you wear a lot of hats and you go small I, 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 or you don't wear as a lot of hats. I, maybe I didn't say that correctly, but I don't know. I've heard both arguments. Like what, what is your argument for starting yeah. off large? Quite frankly, I think in any agency, big or small, mid-site, I think you're wearing a lot of hats. I think that in order to be successful in today's world, I think you have to, You, if you're an account person, you also need to be good at strategy, who also needs to be good at project management, has an understanding of the best-in-class ways of operating in those disciplines, because that's yeah. going to make you a well-rounded person in any capability that you choose. And I say even creatives, right? The best creatives are really organized, and mm -hmm. they really understand strategy, and they can pick apart a brief you know, on par with some of the best strategists in the world. So right, right. I think that in order to kind of, you know, flex all of your muscles, it's it's good to have all of that experience and understanding. I mean, the way I, and look, I've worked at everything. I've worked at small, mid-size, independent, conglomerate, you know, yeah. having all of that. I still think that there is something about working 
and maybe not, it's not the big agency, but I think a really big account because I think there's something about, and you know, they're, it's, they're not as easy to find these days, but there is yeah. something working on a really big account that just tackles so much that you a have some, you have resources, right. And yeah. you get, you get the opportunity to experience a lot of different areas yeah. of a client's business and a lot of different types of mediums that could potentially be coming to life. And That's so smart. I think that those things starting wide and then figuring out how you want to narrow and ebb and flow. But you know, again, I just, I don't think that there is any one way. And I think that yeah. we're better off for it now to be level to look at people's backgrounds and say, Oh, that's a really interesting background that I think could be really interesting. And, and it not having to look a certain way um, yeah. in order to really benefit an agency. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. We haven't talked about your agency, so I want to skip. We're supposed yeah. to start off with that. So I want to get back to this and get back on track here. So you're the president of Swift and we haven't talked about it yet. So I want to bring it up. What is Swift? And I know it's owned, I believe, or is part of the uh, WPP uh, holding company. So give me the rundown. What are, what are we working with here? It's in yes. Portland, I know. It is in Portland. So I've been with the company since last July and you know, it was an interesting role to come into because I was replacing a founder, uh, which is never easy, right? And it was a female-founded, female-led company. And that really spoke to me in terms of it being female-founded and having an amazing legacy to build off of that was really in line with my values. And the fact that she built this company 15 years ago and built okay. it to be as successful as it is and warranted getting bought out by Wonderman Thompson, which is okay. part of the WPP family. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, you know, Swift isn't interesting. It was because it was built by ex-Nike executives. <laughs> you know, they've always had like a foothold within the walls of clients. And so we have kind of flown a little bit under the radar in terms of national recognition. However, we work with some of the biggest and best brands in the world. So let's hear them. We've worked with Google for it'll be nine years starting next year as oh, a wow. partner year over year. What um, is there? What's what business do you work on for them? Right. So it's 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 changed over the years. You know, we've done everything prior to my joining. They've done large campaigns to launch some of the pixel work. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we are the social AOR for Made by Google and nice. and Nest and Waze. Right. Um, I love that ad. Hey, mom. Hey, hey, mom. Of course, comes at my door. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get it, but that's my door. <laughs> okay. Um, and you'll have to edit this part out. Now it's I all good. Keep it, keep it going. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the hey, Google. mom exceeded me, but that was an amazing campaign that we did for them that mm -hmm. actually started off as an insight that was found on social where we kind of looked at the data and found out that on average kids are asking their mom about 300 questions a day, which still do us to believe that moms were the, the OG search engine. And it started <laughs> yeah. off as like a post we were going to create for mother's day. And it morphed into this nice. big campaign. Um, uh, so yeah, we work with Google. We work with Gatorade as a longstanding client of ours. Uh, we work with IBM. Uh, we work with PayPal, we work with Venmo and we're working with purple mattresses right now. We're doing some work with Lululemon. So yeah, it's uh, we 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 like to say that we build brands for a social world. So okay. I think that we've always been on the 
the cutting edge of social innovation. And I think, you know, one of the things we're proud of is, you know, again, before I, I joined, you know, one of the first projects they had was creating a global social playbook for Nike. And so, you know, ever since then, we've continued to, you know, do things that I don't think has been done in the social space. We have a very large data analytics department. And so, you know, that's def definitely at the core of um, who we are. And I think where some of our magic happens is that convergence between strategy and our data department and creative and them working yeah. as a unit um, and really kind of feeding off one another um, as opposed to kind of this baton handoff. Um, yeah. So I think it's really exciting times for SOFT. I mean, I came in, you know, middle of a pandemic in a situation that I think we hadn't seen ever, which was just how much movement there had been at agencies and, yeah. no, clubs I, and I get it. building yeah. up a, a, a new leadership team. So I've recently just hired Ned McNeilage as our chief creative officer, who's who's such an amazing, amazing human, but also just has kind of a, you know, a creative resume that um, I'm envious of, you know, he's spent That's over good. a decade at Widen on two continents and most recently mm -hmm. was CCO at BBH in LA. So we're more than thrilled to have him on board and to have him be my creative partner. I get this now. Okay. So you started mid pandemic, you had to like re, <laughs> you kind of had to like rebuild your roster up a little bit. Like you're we, I call it like coaching staff in a way. Like, you, I don't know how, to what extent you just said CCO. So I'm maybe I'm making assumptions. Like that's how my current boss here yeah. had to do it. And then sometimes it takes time to see change and, you know, for the culture to, to shift a little bit, swift shift a little bit. So what have you seen like in the past year? Like, what are you like proud of, or what are you making some momentum that, that you're putting your mark on the agency? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I've hired an incredible, incredibly talented and diverse executive leadership team and diverse in a myriad of ways, not yeah. just completely diverse, but also in terms of backgrounds, perspectives, yep. even people that have dual citizenship, you know, working parents. So just, I think that's a big thing that I am a proponent of is just bringing lots of experience to the table in terms of experiences. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really proud of some of the talent that we've brought on and, but I'm really proud of the work that we, we, you know, we won our first Can Lions this year in the history of Swift. Nice. What was it for? It was for, you know, we, it was for uh, Dove in support of an initiative that they're backing called the Crown Act. And so the Crown Act is actually legislation that has been um, submitted in order to end race-based hair discrimination. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of research that was done with with Dove to show, you know, at what age does that start, which is early as five, exactly. So I saw that amazing work. Early as five work. We we were shortlisted for seven lions this year, and mm -hmm. we took home bronze for film and like PR and social. And so it was done mm -hmm. in collaboration with um, Ogilvy London. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, we're extremely proud of that work, and just to see that legislation passed. Um, in part because of some of the work that we did and being able to get the word out there. Um, and it was a collective effort. There was a myriad of agencies involved, but yep. you know, working on that film and getting to be a part of that was. What was, was your role in that, in that film? For, for Swift? Yeah. Yeah. So that was our creative. Nice. Yeah. Nice so work. We, we wrote the film and cast Beautiful. it. Found the, the director and, and helped um, yeah. it to, to fruition. 
Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, especially just starting out uh, like at your first year or whatever, having that line under your belt, I'm sure that feels really great. And that's uh amalgamation of all the efforts that you've kind of brought together. So that's really important. I feel like, like pat yourself on the back because, you know, that's what you want to see. That's the goal. I mean, it's like, look, I mean, the hardware is always nice, but I, I, you know, I say this anytime. It's like the impact that it's had is really what is right. the most important takeaway of, of actually getting to do something and see it having an effect. And where did the legislation pass? Because you brought that up. Now I'm, and I want to know. Passed I, and passed. I, I believe I okay. should know off the top of my head. So uh, no, that's uh, all good. It's passed on a handful of states. So I think it's like state by state it's getting passed. But nice. then you know, it, I know it went to the House. So I think that might be trying to take it to the Senate. Perfect. I'll edit my confusion out, but. <laughs> no, all good. Um, yes, I love that. And it's shortlisted and and I'm I'll sure. Send you, I'll send you the um, the case study video. Yeah, please do. For you to check that out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we can get into award conversations um, for a whole other episode. But there is something to be said that it we it's a necessary evil. Like, yeah. sadly, like you, you need you need some awards to prove some stuff, but it's, it shouldn't all be about that. Yeah, that is. I think that's that is a whole nother uh, topic for another podcast, because I think there's a lot of feelings around that. But I mean, I think there is a lot of work that, you know, a lot of work that wins is work that actually moves the needle on a client's business. Um, yeah. But it, it's just about like, how do we get everybody that has a story to tell the ability to enter? Right, because of the fees that are included. It's and- crazy. If you want to get rich out there, people, <laughs> it, screw, screw all this. Just make an award show. It's crazy how much they're charging. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's good stuff, though. They're, they're- Swift. I'm trying to think what else I can tell you. I mean, I'm just really proud of the team. I'm proud of the. I'm proud of the people that work there. I. I think we have. Yeah. How many people work there? Uh, your office looks in incredible uh it is it is beautiful that's why i'm like why aren't people coming in more often because it's so stunning um yeah we're about 100 people so that's perfect definitely grown a lot in the last uh since i've joined uh, as so many other companies have and uh you know hopefully we'll continue to see great growth in the coming year i mean i am i'm I'm nervous about what's coming you know i think that we are entering a time that a lot of people specifically at my agency um, just haven't ever experienced in their, in their lifetimes or their careers. Um, Definitely their careers though. You know, I think we are headed for some tough times ahead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, financial, you know, the R word, uh, we don't want to necessarily drink it, but it definitely is looking pretty grim out there. That's what I'm reading on the news. Uh, and as we know, when there are financial hard times, a lot of times the first budget to get cut happens to be marketing and advertising. Uh, we, we disagree. Studies show that yeah. if you if you still market and advertise during a recession or, or, or down time in the market, you'll come out. Actually, that brand will come out stronger on the, on the at the end of it. Uh, it's just like I read that in uh, Ogilvy on advertising. So that was probably written in the seventies. So I don't know if it's true or not, but we're going to go with it. Sounds good to me. But what advice do you have for some like uh, an aspiring advertiser that might be re- 
recruiting or, or getting out in the job world, you know, in a couple months from now, what should we be doing ahead of time if we're seniors in college or, or, or we're just about to graduate? Well, I mean, I would be scouring who are the agencies that have had new business wins because there, if, if, if there's going to be hiring in the Smart. market, it will be agencies with wins. Right. Um, you know, if, if look at the, the wins that they have and if that's an industry that appeals to you or it's an account that has creative that you're excited about, not necessarily yeah. you would go work on it. Yeah. And the easiest way to find that out is ad Asian ad week. Like as simple as that. Their websites, you know, I mean, I think, but yeah, ad agent ad week to find out wins, but I yeah, think for wins. Um, yeah, I think Jameson was, Fleming on, uh, uh ad week yeah. you I mean, just follow R3 him he is a consultant firm that releases some of that information too what's it called r3 like the letter r3 okay um they do a lot of kind of like new business recaps um so you can yeah. kind of see how the agencies and holding companies are doing um nice. i mean i think like anything if you want to get really geeky that you know go listen to the the, the annual the, or the earnings calls for all the holding companies at the end of q3 and see what their projections yeah. are that's um, smart. I've never done that. Um, they'll also say what accounts they've won and where yeah. their revenue is going to be coming into from next year. That's good. Um, That's really good. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it'll give you a pulse on what the, you know, it'll give you a pulse on where the industry is potentially headed. And and that's strategic because then you're not wasting your time like networking with agencies that aren't hiring or they know that they're going to be losing business potentially. So it's like, okay, this, you know, you know, who's hiring in the future it's just uh, you start early it makes sense Saves your time. Yeah, I, mean, I think like having been through 2008 having been through 2001 i mean people are always going to be hiring um you yeah. just have to kind of follow where the money and where the opportunities are and i think that there was a lot of hiring <laughs> very quickly at a lot of companies in the last year and i think that you know, not all that talent will, will work out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I just think that whenever we do something with such a quickness and, and so fast paced, just because you're just trying to get, you know, bodies and seats because you've got such a sense of urgency around filling yeah. the needs of your clients, then you have the opportunity to sharpen as time goes by. And, yeah. you know, I saw that when I, when I came and worked at Goodby, I got hired at Goodby during a, a hiring flurry, right? I got hired on the heels mm -hmm. of a big new business win. Um, and there was also, uh, you know, if you couldn't hack it, then then, yeah. then then there may not have been a future for you there. So, right. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, it should be interesting. I know like people were able to like the great resignation probably might be over. I don't know if that's true or not, but people might not be as quick to leave jobs or, you know, request request for as many benefits i don't know what do you think about that i mean i think that i think that people will pause before you know they might take a breath and pause before they um make their next move i don't think you'll have as many recruiters reaching out as maybe mm. were reaching out a year ago um yeah. and yeah i mean but i do think that it's, you know, our business is just so cyclical, right? Yeah. And it just, it ebbs and it flows. So I do think there'll be people that are just sticking around to see how things go. Yeah. Um, and 
but I also think there's an element of, you know, I think people are also just craving the opportunity to like really create and form bonds with those that they're working with, which just also takes time. And I think we had so much movement in the industry last year that almost every single agency is, is reinventing itself right now. Yeah. Every agency that may have been known for something five years ago has an entirely new executive leadership team. Yeah. But the new agencies that have popped up, yeah. like Mischo and Mischief. And like, yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a lot of good that's happening. Um, and that's what's so exciting about our industry is like, it's never, there's never a dull moment. So you kind of got to be yeah. something that thrives in that. Yeah. Great. And <clears throat> I noticed today as I was doing some research that Swift is actually hiring as of four hours to go on uh, <laughs> Monday, September 26 at 5.57 p.m. Central Time. Ooh, what so I see here in Portland, you're hiring for a writer, a senior writer and an art director. So yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I've been told if it's on LinkedIn, it's you're like kind of like already late to the game. You, yeah. you want to try to get ahead of it. But now that the you might have a, a connection with the president, we'll try to get this out as soon as possible. I think you might have you might still be in the game if you're listening. So we are definitely hiring a writer and an art director. Okay. Um, I know that we have a couple freelancers that we Perfect. are pretty keen on. Um, so we will see if if their roles convert. Sure. Um, but yes, those roles are are open and they're on two of our very two very interesting accounts is what I guess. which ones <laughs> um Gatorade and Venmo wow yeah yeah so are you allowed to say that that's awesome <laughs> I hope so I think I can yeah. say we're hiring I mean, I mean, I mean those are roles like I said yeah. you're the boss too so who's gonna stop you <laughs> um I'm not as dialed in on every single role in the agency that we need to no. hire for but that's good though. That's awesome. I'm glad. So if they want to reach out to you, um, can they yeah. do that? Or is there somebody that should, they should talk to first? What's the situation? How, how do, how should we go about it? Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn and I'll put Great. them in touch with somebody. Great. Amazing. Well, those are all the questions I had. We covered a lot advice <laughs> industry forecasting, which I'm never, I try to stay away from because <laughs> I'm not very good at it, but you are. Um, and, 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 all the and resources you recommended so i'm really grateful that you took the time and i'm 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 happy anything else you want to talk about um no i mean i think you know i was so inspired at the beginning of our conversation of kind of how you got inspired in this industry and i just of the habit being mad men you know and i yeah. just um I think it's a reminder for me to just kind of ask everybody, like, how did you get into this business? Right. Cause I think everyone just has a really powerful origin story. And, it's and then you shouldn't want to, you shouldn't lose that either. Cause there was so much like hope in the beginning and maybe yeah. like, it, it's still there. It should be. Maybe well, we gotta pull it back out. industry that I think can have a lot of cynicism around it. And I think it can be an industry. I, th I, I liken it a lot to what I would imagine acting is like, there's a lot of rejection in this industry. And I don't mean rejection in terms of going out and trying to find a job, which there can yeah. be, but rejection in terms of you're showing your work, you're showing yeah. you things are cont continually being changed and, and not being bought and it's a dance. And so there is a resiliency that is innate to this industry 
And I think that's a big eye opener for a lot of people coming into yeah. it. Um, I think a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of mad men in TV portray it as it's like, we go in and we have this great meeting and we do the dance and then things sell and, and that's yeah. not really the case. So I think that, um, you know, however we can start to open the aperture of kind of what the day in and day out, but also what the reward is, right? Like we get to do, I think we get to do really amazing things and we get, we get paid well at some point in your career. It takes about 10 years, I would say. <laughs> Good to know. That's what I used to always tell my dad when he used to give me shit about how little money I made. It was dad, it takes 10 years. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think we get paid quite well to without having a higher education to mm -hmm. um, make and create. Heck yeah. There's not a lot of people get to say they do. So I, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I, I, I'm very blessed and I'm very mm -hmm. grateful. And I still I still geek out about this industry. I don't I, you know. Yeah. And so I'm I I love that you are to a degree too. And yeah, this podcast and it's so it's so invigorating to continue to see the younger, the next generation just be as excited about so many of us were. So. Perfect. Well, I'm glad we can help you out <laughs> as you help us. So people we can reach out. Thank you again, Talia. No, thank you, Gino. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the breaking and entering advertising podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. That's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Bujan Jung, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz. They're a PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest. <laughs>